0: You're listening to a Bike Radar Podcast Tech Talk with myself and Seb Stott, where we get nice and geeky about various bits of mountain bike tech.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bike Radar's Tech Talks, where we dive really deep into some technical aspect of mountain bikes, road bikes to follow, I think. Uh, My name's Seb Stott, and I'm sitting here with my esteemed colleague, Tom Marvin, and we're going to talk today a bit about geometry, and where it's going, why bikes are getting longer, and if they've gone too far. And I think we have possibly slightly, slightly different, different
0: opinions. Opinions, yeah. Jinx. <laughs> I don't think we have slightly different opinions. I, I think we have slightly different viewpoints. Yeah. Also known as opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got slightly so different opinions.
1: I'm done, Tom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> How are
0: we going to start this then? So, geometry. Geometry is really important, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think geometry is probably one of the most important aspects of a bike. Mm -hmm. I think we can agree on that. So we're talking about the reach, stack, the BB height, the Mm -hmm. head angle, all sorts of things. Um, But the kind of overall package. um, uh, Bikes are definitely getting longer in terms of wheelbase, reach, all those things. But um, they're getting slacker as well in the head angle. This has been going on for, it's not just a recent trend, Mm -hmm. it's been going on since mountain bikes started then basically bikes change every year it seems and yeah yeah incrementally like very gradually yeah it's a it's a gradual process but i think it's i think it's one that's been going in the right direction mm-hmm. like if you look at bikes from five ten years ago and you know even the cutting edge race bikes mm-hmm. that you know world cup racers were riding were really small yeah um
0: compared to what they are now
1: compared to what they're riding now or compared to what you and i are riding now yeah um
0: should we, before we get too deep into um, discussing what is changing and how things change, should we very quickly just talk about some what are the key bits of geometry that we're going to be referring to and just almost define them? Should we do that very quickly? Sure. Okay, so like head angle, one of the most often quoted bits of a bike. The head angle is the angle at which the steering axis of the fork is defined by the angle of the head tube on the bike, yeah?
1: Yeah, exactly right. A slacker
0: head angle gives a longer front end. It gives more lazy or calm steering.
1: Yeah, yeah. so this relates to a previous episode where we talked about fork offset Mm -hmm. and how that affects the trail. Um, The head angle affects the trail too, which basically defines how stable and kind of unshakable the Mm -hmm. steering is, but also how kind of floppy it can feel on on a flatter terrain. Yeah. so the head angle is really important for steering geometry, but also affects the, le- the overall length of the bike. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you slacken out the head angle, keep your hands in the same position, mm-hmm. the bike will get longer. Yeah. And, and bikes, uh, not so much downhill bikes, they've stayed fairly constant for the last few years, mm-hmm. around 63 degrees or so. Whereas trail bikes, enduro bikes, the bikes that we ride, Mm -hmm. most often have gotten much slacker yeah so 64 degrees is not uncommon on a trail bike enduro bike nowadays yeah Yeah. Uh, whereas back in the day only a few years ago like for a 29er anything slacker than sort of 68 was considered quite slack
0: so should we put some lines in the sand then very quickly longer travel more aggressive bikes have slacker head angles downhill bikes at like 62 63 Trail enduro bikes are down at, like, 64, 65. Trail bikes, 65, 66. Cross-country bikes, 67, 68. Have I gone the wrong way there? No, no, that's about right. Yeah, that's about yeah, right, yeah. isn't it? I think
1: cross-country race bikes are steeper than that. Steeper than that, yeah. In rough rough terms, that's kind of where we're at mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, okay. Then there's also reach, of course. Yeah. Which, which didn't used to be something that people discussed. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you couldn't find on a geometry chart the reach of a bike until yeah. quite recently.
0: And now it is, along with head angle, probably one of the most yeah. oft talked about.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's it's probably one of the most useful measurements mm-hmm. as well for for deciding what bike to buy and 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 what bike will fit you. Um, so just to clarify, the reach is the the horizontal distance between the bottom bracket and the top of the head tube. Mm-hmm. So basically the longer the length of the frame and for a given stem length it will affect how roomy the bike feels yeah. uh, especially when you're out of the saddle
0: yeah and let's say uh, again let's just give some rough numbers about the bikes we're going to be talking about trail and enduro bikes i think
1: for the most part, for the most yeah, part. yeah so
0: so let's say a size part. large based on trail bike of the year yeah a size large average trail bike and this is an average across the industry is about 460 millimeters reach Okay. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, and we'll discuss that, <laughs> that's roughly what a large trail bike is. A large enduro bike might be for 70 to 480.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then I usually ride XL bikes because mm-hmm. I'm 190 centimetres tall. So, yeah, they're they're more like 490, 500 nowadays, maybe, Yeah. as an average, maybe, maybe a bit less, but mm-hmm. something around there. Okay. Um...
0: So the 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 reach affects kind of how the bike feels in length when you're stood on the pedals. When you're sat down, that's impacted again then by the seat angle. And seat angle is another thing that maybe in the past couple of years has started to become a bit more important in terms of what people are looking at.
1: Yeah, totally. And in particular, the effective seat angle, yeah. which is, um, you know, ignoring all the kinks and wiggles that you might have in your seat tube, mm-hmm. especially on a full suspension bike the line drawn directly from the center of the BB to the top of the seat posts. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I think of effective seat yeah. angle. It's it's basically the angle between your feet and your hips mm-hmm. when you're pedaling. Um, so these have got steeper. As head angles have got slacker, Se- seat effective seat angles have got steeper, um, particularly on full suspension bikes mm-hmm. because people want to be able to climb up steep hills with... You know, they're low gears. They want to be able to grind up steep climbs. Um, and in the past, I think, there wasn't much difference between the seat angle, the effective seat angle you'd find on a hardtail, mm-hmm. versus a full suspension bike, which meant that when you started going uphill, the fork would extend, mm-hmm. and the rear suspension would squat into its travel. And so you'd have a very slack seat angle for climbing. But nowadays, they're starting to... Account for that. Account for that. Um, and And you now have... Uh, whereas back in the day, like 72, 73, effective seat angle would be quite normal nowadays. 76. I think anything less than 75, I would call, is quite slack, quite slack nowadays. Yeah. And, you know, 76 is quite normal. Yeah. And some bikes are pushing 78. The raw
0: Madonna is 78 point something effective. Yeah. Now, the thing to be careful, obviously, with the effective seat angle is that the higher up your seat... This is assuming that you've not got a straight seat tube. If it's kinked yeah. So most generally suspension bikes. back... Yeah. That's the actual seat angle. The higher your seat up is, the slacker your effective seat angle will be because unless it is in a direct line with the BB, you've got to compensate for the height of the saddle, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So generally with full suspension bikes that have a kinked seat tube, the taller you are, Mm -hmm. the slacker your effective seat angle is, Mm -hmm. which is probably not what you want. Yeah. So this is a slack seat tube angle is something that affects tall people the most it's something that tall people are going to complain about the most yeah um i certainly have mm-hmm. done my fair share of that complaining yeah in the past okay um, so that's seat angle and then uh you've got bb height yeah really the important one uh, so basically, slash bb drop yes They're so, different but similar yeah so they're definitely related so the bb height is just the bb bottom bracket how high it is off the floor which affects how um how kind of centered in the bike you feel how how um sat in rather than on the bike yeah it, yeah a lower bb will give you a feeling of being kind of in the bike because yeah. you're less likely to be pitched forwards and back as as you go over bumps and and changes of gradient um, so it reduces your it kind of lowers your center of gravity um, but of course the downside of a low BB is that you pedal strikes, pedal strikes, or chain ring strikes. You know, yeah. you're, you're going to hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and the BB drop is the is the number of millimeters the BB sits below a horizontal line between the two axles. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So it's a, a number that's useful compared to, for comparing between bikes because mm. the BB height is affected by uh, the wheel size and, and also the tire size. Yeah. So if you if you put a different set of tires on. You change the BB you height. Change the BB height. The BB so trouble. it's it's not it's not necessarily the most comparable number because mm. if you have a particular set of favorite tires and you're going to swap that onto either bike, um, you know they might have the same BB drop and so they'll have the same BB height with those tires, mm. but with the tires they're stocked with, could be totally it Could be different because of the <clears throat> the the diameter, the thickness of those tires. Yeah. Uh, so BB drop is a good number for comparing between bikes. Mm-hmm. But I think BB height is the thing that really affects the handling of the bike uh, because that, that affects where your centre of mass sits, mm-hmm. uh, how high it is, uh, and also how high your feet are from the ground.
0: Yeah. Okay, next two, combine them together
1: for ease, front
0: centre and rear centre. Sure, yeah, so the the...
1: The front centre is obviously the length between the bottom rack and the front axle.
0: And the rear centre is BB to rear axle. Exactly. Generally so, kind of interchangeable almost with chainstay length to some extent.
1: Yeah, chainstay length is pretty much synonymous with rear centre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so if you add them up, you get the wheelbase, yep. which obviously affects how, how manoeuvrable the bike might be and how easy it is to turn around tight corners and how much... The, the rear is going to sort of swing to the inside of the corner as you mm-hmm. do a tight turn. Uh, just like if you uh, drive a van through mm-hmm. town with a really long wheelbase and you notice that the front wheels clear around the corner, but the back wheels take a different line. And you bump and, up over the kerb. bump up over the kerb. And, and a longer bike will have some of that effect as well. Um, although, you, as we'll get onto later, that's not necessarily the case. Um, so, but also the front centre to rear centre if you look at the ratio between them, that that dictates um, or has an effect on the weight distribution. And the, the, what we sort of often refer to as like the balance of the bike. Exactly, yeah. So if you have a really long front center and really short rear center, which was popular a few years ago with the kind of early days of stretched out geometry. Mm. Like if you looked at the old white G160, yeah. like um, some Mondrakers still, like they have a very long front center, yeah. a very fairly short rear center, so that, so most of your weight goes through your feet. And so your feet are much closer towards the rear wheel than the front, so you have more of your weight goes through the rear contact patch than the front, um, which is probably not what you want when you're cornering on flat terrain. Um, you probably want closer to a 50-50 weight distribution, mm. and, and you can achieve that. Like The thing about geometry is you can adjust your riding style, to, to make up for it. So if you have a really long front centre, you can ride further forward to get a more like mm-hmm. a 50-50 weight distribution and put more weight through your hands. But that's maybe not ideal.
0: And I think this is definitely something that we'll talk about later on in
1: our... Yeah. How, how you ride different bikes is really important. Yeah, because there's a there's a massive interplay between riding technique and riding geometry. Mm. And Uh, yeah and that's I think what we're going to talk about a lot in this in this episode
0: and I guess the final one is seat tube and head tube length so this is the length the length of the seat tube um, obviously has a massive impact on how easy it is for someone to fit on a bike so if you've got a short seat tube you can run your seat post higher up but but you can slam it nice and though if you've got a long seat tube you're potentially going to be limited um, as to how long a dropper you can fit or you know, like how easy it is for you to size up to another bike that's slightly bigger if you want a longer reach. And likewise, head tube length, uh, this affects how high the bars are, it affects how sort of the bike's sort of feeling and, and again, gives you more or less adjustment based on the size of, of, the, of the bike.
1: Yeah, so, so head tube length, um, it, it relates to stack, which we mm-hmm. haven't talked about so far. So stack is the uh, vertical distance between the bottom bracket and the top of the head tube. So that affects how tall the bars mm-hmm. will feel. You know, if the stem is slammed, obviously you can adjust that with with spaces underneath the stem. But yeah, the, the stack height is important for how how low you can slam the bars and and it also affects the reach. So the reach and the stack are, are very much related. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have if you have two bikes with the same reach on paper, but they have different stack, then, by the time you if you want to run the same bar height mm-hmm. um, which is a really important measurement for handling the by the time you spaced the put spaces under the stem so that it has the same bar height, that bike is going to feel shorter, yeah, because although the reach is the same, the reach is measured from the top of the head tube, which is a really arbitrary point uh, really so so by the time you've spaced it up to the correct height, mm-hmm. you actually have a shorter reach.
0: Because the, the head tube is angled, not vertically, it's angled yeah, backwards. So, so a bit. slacker head angle will give you even less reach the higher the bars go, effectively.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, so reach and stack should really be taken together. I mean, reach gives you a very good idea, most of the time, of how big mm-hmm. a bike will feel, but sometimes a bike will feel short for its reach mm-hmm. because it's got a short stack. Yeah. And so you're having to crank up the bar height to get to get the bar height right, and then you're effectively eating up some of that reach.
0: The, quest- the question we want to answer in this podcast really is, has geometry gone too far?
1: Yeah, so bikes have been getting slacker pretty much every year, incrementally, little by little, since mountain bikes were invented, mm. pretty much. And, and they started with quite similar geometry to road bikes with very long stems, mm-hmm. similar head tube and seat tube angles. Yeah, 73, to 73. 72, Yeah, and they were praised for looking nice because they had the same angles, but isn't necessarily the best way to design a mountain bike. Um, And basically, they've got bigger, you know, they've got longer reach. Uh, They've got slacker head angles, which kicks out the wheelbase more. Some of them are now starting to have longer rear centers, partly to fit bigger wheels, but also to balance out that front center. So for the first time, we're not just designing rear centers as short as possible. We're starting to deliberately lengthen them out even with bigger wheels, mm-hmm. just to balance out that front end a yeah. bit more.
0: And some are doing it with frame sizing as well. So bigger frames will get longer rear centers to give that balance.
1: Yes, but um, to be honest, only really Narco and Forbidden are doing that properly. Um, I, I think some brands are kind of doing a bit of a token effort mm-hmm. where it changes by like 5 mil yeah. or, or something, but, but that's nowhere near in proportion to the difference in front center you'd get between a small and, a, and an extra large. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, that, that, that front to rear center ratio will vary massively by frame size unless you get one of those newer Norco or Forbidden bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so so, that's, so, so that's, that's a big area where uh, someone like me who's riding an XL is going to have to work much harder to get enough weight on the front contact patch. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas someone on a smaller bike... Um, well, someone on a smaller bike might have the opposite problem where they've got plenty of weight in the front wheel but they can't get the weight on the back to do a manual or to do bunny hop, you mm-hmm. know, because that, that that rear center length is the same. Um, so uh, that's that's something to consider, is when you're talking about different frame sizes, you have a different uh, balance of geometry.
0: Mm-hmm. If you read Bike Radar regularly, you'll know that Seb likes a long bike, uh, long and slack.
1: Yeah, that's fair to say.
0: Um, bikes such as, you know, pole. I don't think I've ever seen Seb not riding <laughs> a pole, it feels sometimes. Um, I don't necessarily... If I was going to go and pick my own bike, mm. I wouldn't pick a pole. I wouldn't pick a jumptron. No. Nope. Because I don't think they suit... They don't suit me, and they don't suit the sort of riding that I like doing.
1: Yeah. But so, so you have a... What is it, 2017?
0: 20... Yeah, t- let's say it's 2017. It's yeah, pre-SBG so-
1: geometry. Yeah, so short you know, by modern standards, slightly shorter geometry, a mm-hmm. couple of years old, which mm-hmm. means it's massively out of date, it's non-boost, it's It's, it's a transition scout, yeah. Transition it's, scout from a couple of years ago, which means it's short by modern standards because it's two years old and that, and things change a lot, yeah. things change quickly. Um, But you really like that bike, mm-hmm. you absolutely love it, Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen you ride anything else <laughs> at the weekend um, for a while, but... So I would maintain when we go that that, out for a ride at the weekend, quite often you'll be riding your transit. Well, not so much recently, but you'd be riding your transition. Yeah. Short, shorter bike, and I'll be riding something super long, something really long. Um, and I would maintain that that
0: bike, that transition, is the most fun bike I've ridden.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so what I'm interested in is when you ride the longer bikes. So you've got a Stumpjumper Evo at the moment. Yeah. Uh, which 63 and a half head angle. Four seventy
0: five reach. Yeah, it's
1: a twenty nine one. Yeah, so it's it's long. Yeah, it's a big it's bike. long bike. It's got very low bottom bracket. Yeah, um, kind of insanely low bottom bracket. I think would argue.
0: It's, I would argue it's too low. Yeah,
1: I think, I think I would not argue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the what I'm interested in is how does that manifest itself? Like, why is it that you find those longer bikes? Because you've ridden the nickel, the Geometrons as mm-hmm. well. We rode the the geometrons together mm-hmm. uh, once, and I was I was loving it. And you were like, "Meh." Nah. <laughs> I think <laughs> very nonplussed. I how, so what what is it that you're thinking? This is making me have less fun. Okay. The way I think it's in in
0: in two two different forms. First off, uh, I appreciate that the those long bikes are very good at going very fast. Okay, they're yeah. very stable. They're very calm they're very easy to ride, you never yeah. feel like you're, I, I never felt riding those long bikes that I was ever anywhere close to the limit of what those bikes could do, okay?
1: Okay, but does it, but does it change the limit of what you can do and what you feel comfortable doing? Do you think you would hit lines that you wouldn't do on a shorter bike or or go faster? Yeah, than you would?
0: yeah, quite possibly.
1: I, I think I would, I think I would, Go faster I was definitely going faster. But for me You on your stump on your stumpy Evo, we yeah. were riding together yesterday mm-hmm. and you were you were going real fast.
0: Yeah. I, I I subscribe to those long bikes being bike for bike faster, okay? But for me to have fun on a bike, it isn't necessarily about going as fast as possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I like about a smaller bike is that and I stand by it, they are more agile. Yeah. A smaller bike is easier to move around. Yeah. It's easier to sort of corner it's easier to sort of you know if you see like a little route or something on the trail it's easier to get that bike in the air and place it where you want to place it and i find that on the longer bikes you're more of a passenger okay i I feel or at least the way i ride them at least is you sort of pick a point somewhere down the trail point the handlebars vaguely in that direction and let go of the brakes and and you you turn along and, and you batter over stuff Okay.
1: Mm.
0: So I was riding with a friend of mine recently. I went out I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I went and did an enduro, <laughs> It's my first ever Enduro race. Okay. Well done,
1: Tom. Um, uh, I, won't, I won't get into
0: details of where it was. It was pretty it was pretty cool. Uh but I went with a friend who lives in the Alps and I've been riding with him for fifteen, sixteen years, and we see each other for a week or two every year. Previous years I've been take, I've been riding that transition out there a lot. Um and having a lot of fun, you know, popping off things, little skids, you know whatever it is sort of thing. And he said to me riding behind me when I was riding the stumpy, the long bike is like you ride it so differently. Mm. You're riding faster, but you are a passenger on that bike. You're not sort of mm. popping off less, little things. Less you, proactive. You're not yeah, you're not having fun on the bike even if you're going fast.
1: Mm.
0: Now, some people will define how much fun they're having by how fast they're going, and that's totally cool.
1: Yeah.
0: But I would argue that this almost obsession with getting super long bikes to go super fast as a manifestation of the move towards enduro forgets that there's a lot of people who aren't that bothered about going super fast.
1: Mm. Okay, so when you talk about the bike being harder to move around on the trail, yeah. is it just that it takes more effort or is it that you can't do it? Is it that you can't make it turn... I on think the trail or you can't manual it. There's definitely
0: it's- elements of it being better at some things. Like those long carving corners along the bike does feel great. You know? Yeah, yeah. What I mean by that is if, if your axles are further apart and you're centred in the middle of them, for me to lift that front wheel and then get the rear wheel to lift in a bunny hop, it takes more body movement forwards and backwards to get the bike to do the same thing than it does on a smaller bike.
1: I totally agree. And yeah, so- you have to really... Work harder yeah. to 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 ride in the same way. If you want to, if you want to hop over things, mm-hmm. if you want to, um, if you want to manual through a through a hole mm-hmm. in, in uh, you know like a whoop, you've really got to work hard and you've got to push mm-hmm. and you've and you've got a huge big body movement. Yeah, um, because you have uh, your center of gravity is roughly the same height, but the w- the wheels are much further apart.
0: The point at which you're pivoting around. Yeah. Is further away, right?
1: Yes, but also there's another thing that's going on, which is that generally speaking, unless you have a super short stem, mm-hmm. um, your hands are further away from your feet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, people are starting to call that the spread. Um, so let's call it the spread uh, between your feet and your hands is longer,
0: mm.
1: which means that you have less range of motion. Mm-hmm. So if you have a shorter bike you, and you want to get off the back, you can go miles off the back because mm. the handlebars are not that far away from your feet. Whereas if you're if you're more stretched out, yeah, you 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 actually have less range of motion. In addition to needing more range of motion to get the bike to manual, yeah. or or endo, if you want to throw your weight around, mm-hmm. you have to do it in a much more pronounced way. For those two reasons, um, so so like I I ride that pole machine. I've been riding that a lot lately. I did a bike test. It was one of the bikes. Mm-hmm. All the other bikes have gone home. Paul hasn't been offered back haven't yet haven't sent that home yet it's still working uh, on it still... still just perfecting that review <laughs> yeah i mean it's gone to press but you know i might yeah. i might want to change it i might want to get a, a copy of muk and just tip x some of <laughs> it out, Sorry, just just to make sure because you know i'm very diligent like that um so it is a pain in the ass to manual mm. because it has a 455 mil rear end so so your weight is way in front Mm -hmm. of the rear axle.
0: In context, a lot of bikes are what 430, 425, 430. I guess
1: 430 would be pretty standard, 435. Yeah. Um, So yeah, you're another 20 mil further in front of the rear axle, which is where the bike has to pivot around in Mm -hmm. this manual. But also you're quite stretched out. At the
0: front.
1: At the front, so between your feet and your hands. So when you try and shove your weight back to do a manual, you can't actually move it as far back because Mm -hmm. your hands are further forward. so I've 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 counted that by raising the handlebar height mm-hmm. and shortening the stem down to a 35. It comes to the 40, um, which which makes it easier to do that. But mm. I, I totally agree, it's a compromise, and and it's I I can manual it. I can get to the balance point. I can I can bunny hop over like just as high things as as with other bikes. But you have to really work, mm. and it takes a different timing. And sometimes if something catches you off guard and you're like, oh, I just want to manual over that. You come around a corner and there's a A sudden obstacle, and you you have to, and it takes a bit more time. Mm. So that's one problem with longer bikes. Mm. The other problem is that even with a long rear center, like a four five five on the pole, you've got a really long front center. Mm. So the balance is still further back because the the front center is longer in to a larger proportion than the rear center. So. So you have to work hard to get the front wheel to grip as well. Yeah, in flat corners,
0: it's a real workout. Like because you're almost, you know, almost bench pressing yourself over the handlebars.
1: It can be, and I, I think it requires a. It works best with a better fork. Mm. If there's a fork that you can lean on and get the support predominantly from the spring, and uh, but with supple damping so that you're comfortable enough putting a lot of weight through your hands for long descents, then it, it works fine but you again you had to adjust your technique you had to ride a bit further forward to get that 50 50 weight distribution Mm. and put more weight through your hands so it can be harder work to either manual or to get the weight on the front so either way whether you're trying to move your weight back or Mm. forwards it's it's
0: physically the harder to ride right
1: i think they're harder to ride dynamically yeah they're easier to plow if you're on a 15 minute race stage
0: yeah
1: and there's a section where you just go straight and fast. I think it's way more By relaxing, far and away, absolutely. So whether it's harder to ride depends on how you're riding and what terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of descents, it's physically easier because for the for those long stretches where you just you're just ploughing, yeah, it's, it's way better. It's not going to kind of trip on bumps. I did I, I did
0: find that when I rode the geometron for the first time. You know, and this was like probably three and a half, maybe, long, you know, years ago, where yeah. a long trail bike was 460 reach. And this Geometron was, yeah. God knows what it was at that point, point, four eighty, four ninety, 490 or something. Yeah. We rode a place called Macken, I think it was, yeah. and it was wet. And that was one of... I have never ridden a trail blind and a bike blind so fast in such poor conditions because... It worked. And it worked really well in those conditions. And for doing that, for riding blind and for riding something you don't know and for riding something technical and steep, I will give it credit. It was brilliant for that. But I came away. My front, my arms were knackered because yeah. you're having to wait. The front, the front wheel so far ahead of you, you have to wait so hard to maintain traction.
1: Oh, I totally agree. So it's yeah, physically, it's, it
0: was tiring.
1: Yeah, it's tiring in a different way, though. Yeah. When I go back and ride a shorter bike... I find like we were doing the other day. Mm-hmm. I was riding a Canyon Spectral, which is it's a trail bike, but it it's not it's not long it's not radical at all. It's not radical. Um so I was I was having to move my weight front, forwards and back to to avoid that feeling of of pitching mm-hmm. when you, your front wheel hits a bump. Um which is kind of tiring in its own way. I think I think you I think it depends on what kind of tracks you're riding. Mm-hmm. Like if you're riding uh, there's a section yesterday where it was just flat out over bumps and holes, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, I'm having to kind of tense more, I'm having to use more of my core body strength mm-hmm. to avoid my weight being pitched forwards, um, accidentally." Where mm-hmm. Whereas on a more technical corner, manually, pumpy type of terrain where you want to move your weight around, mm-hmm. then it's harder work yeah. on a longer bike. So I think it depends when you when you start riding a longer bike, you feel like you've been doing bench yeah. presses.
0: We'll t- I think we'll talk about like cornering and, and like steep nadgery stuff in a sec, but I, I wanted to pull it back to why I like the Scout, for example, and I don't or didn't get on quite so well with some of the, with the bikes. And it was, I mentioned very briefly that I, like, I the longer bikes, you never feel like you're on the edge of, a, of, of what it can achieve, right? And so you can go faster. So the other thing I really like about the Scout. I'm going to keep referring to that because we've introduced it as, like, my favourite bike, which it pretty much is. 125mm travel at the back. I've got 150 fork on there, 460 reach, 66 and a half head angle sort of thing. Even on, like, super fast flat-out tracks, where it isn't super stable because it isn't super long and slack, it's jittering all over the place and, like, the back wheel's Mm. pinging off little rocks. That, right... I, 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 may, I, had, I had this conversation with someone else, I think, a few months ago. And like the analogy I used was this, right? Say you've got a race car track, okay? And you could go around it in a Bentley Super Continental, right? With all the driver aids, you know, big engine-like, but super... You, know, you could go really fast in it, right? Yeah. And everything's there helping to make that as safe and as calm as possible. You could go really fast. Yeah. And that might be your pole, okay? <laughs> I've got a Caterham 7, yeah, it's got mm. very little driver rage. It's on the edge of its traction, on the you're constantly on the edge. You've got to really work it. Yeah. I would put money on the endorphins going through my brain as being more <laughs> than what you've got in your Bentley. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's the next stage of testing—is some kind of endorphin meter. Like we should do it, and we could <laughs> have an endorphin score on all our reviews. Like it's mountain biking, right? Is an adrenaline—it's you know, an adrenaline I, sport,
0: right? I agree. On, on a little bike that's getting all over the place, I'm scared.
1: Right? And I'm quite enjoying that. I guess I don't like being scared. I I don't like going over the front wheel when I hit a bump on a steep chute. I, I don't like the front wheel tucking under when I try and turn aggressively on a steep descent. I like the bike to be predictable and stable so that I can ride it faster and I can... And ride lines and like cut lines and mm-hmm. and high lines off canvas stuff that I wouldn't do on a shorter bike. Like on, because that, we, on could... that that spectral I rode the other day, I was riding it way more tentatively and 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 I was I was avoiding some of the gnarlier yeah. lines, Be- and that to me is less fun. Let's... Like the bike was moving around plenty, mm. but I felt like I was having less fun because I wasn't didn't have the confidence. I did I didn't yeah. feel. It makes me feel like a better rider when I ride a a longer bike. And and, uh, yeah, you have to throw it around and you have to really weight the front on flat turns. But when, when it gets really choppy and steep and gnarly, you're just you're hitting better lines you're looking further down the trail you're riding faster Mm -hmm. and you feel you feel like a better rider but okay so and that to me that's what's fun that's when i get the most endorphins
0: so if i if let's say i'm back on that scout again and i hit something super chunky where a big bike is going to go faster right Mm. i'm going to go a little bit slower i might pick my lines a bit more and like maybe like pop off things a little bit you know be a bit more agile on the bike right yeah i'm going slower so when i crash it hurts less <laughs> Put me on a massive bike. Let's say I could ride a pole to the same sort of agility that I can ride that scout. If I come off, like, I'm dead meat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and that is.
0: But that's why we wear helmets. That's why we wear helmets. I'm going to have to wear elbow guards, chest plates, thigh guards, bloody everything I'm on one of them. That's
1: a good look. It's, it's yeah, a strong storm dream. like,
0: Claire? Gold German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I think we've we've ascertained so... that I like shorter bikes. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. But, I, but... I'm going to qualify that though, actually, because I I sort of feel that I have at times been sort of chastised for oh, oh, Tom likes short bikes, as if that's like a bad thing. I like short shorter bikes, and I like that pushing a bike to what I feel is more towards its limit than I could ever get a big bike to. Okay, but I do appreciate that those long slack sofa-like bikes with you know super plus suspension definitely have a place Mm. and you know I'd say i i I wouldn't if i'd had the stumpy that well i've got the stumpy evo 29 that i've got now longish reach pretty slack pretty low and i've got the transition scout which is short a bit steep a bit more Mm. playful and i picked the stumpy to go to this enduro because it was the right bike for that job
1: yeah totally what are you enjoying riding your stumpy how long have you had it?
0: Uh, six,
1: seven months. Are you are you enjoying it more now than before?
0: I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. And I think at the moment I'm riding stuff where it probably is better suited. I've ridden steep stuff. Steeper stuff is brilliant. Yeah. For what it's for what it's good at, I think it's really good. Mm. I don't necessarily think if if I spent a lot of my time riding trail centres you know, if my, if my weekly riding was heading to Forest of Dean on a Sunday and riding the, the blue and the red, I think it'd be the wrong bike.
1: Yeah, maybe it's the wrong track.
0: It's the wrong track <laughs> for the bike or the wrong bike for the track, sure. Because I think we've got to the point where trail bikes are super capable in, in a wide spectrum, but there's still a bit of specialism within them anyway. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go ride your pole around Verderers at Forest of Dean.
1: No, I wouldn't. It'd be boring. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't. You I wouldn't would, go I, and ride it? I wouldn't go and ride it on any bike. I, I like riding steep, rocky, rooty. Yeah. I like tight turns. I, I, like, Contrary to what people have said about me, mm-hmm. I really enjoy a tight turn, especially okay. if it's steep and tight. Mm-hmm. How and do you and ride... a long slack bike is good for that because it doesn't tuck under. And so you can really hammer it into those like little catch berms. Mm-hmm. Confident that the front wheel isn't going to suddenly be yeah. pointing at 90 degrees to where you want it to point.
0: The first ride I did on that stumpy was up in the lakes. I think it was the first ride, or maybe the second, I don't know. And there's a trail that we were riding. I'm not 100% sure how legit it was. But we were coming down like a zigzag, slaty path. Probably like three foot wide with tight-ish corners. And I dropped that bike into the corner. You know, It's a 180 degree corner. Both wheels... Lost traction, and that was the thing I've noticed about those longer bikes is that the confidence you have when you've got both wheels slipping is unbelievable. And I dropped yeah. it in; both wheels slipped, came out of the corner, both wheels gripped, and I like I—I literally, I think I told everyone in a five-mile <laughs> radius about that one corner because it was like the raddest thing I've done on a bike for a long yeah. time. Yeah,
1: and it it's uh, you, cool. your front your wheels can slide, and it's predictable, and it's and it, yeah, it's less drama. Yeah. So, so you can let it slide and stay clipped in. You can be feet up, sliding around a corner, yeah. thinking you're Joe Barnes. Yeah. When you're you a, punter. Know, a punter like yeah.
0: us. I mean, I'll, I'll give. I'll, yeah. The scout probably. I'd have been a little bit more scared if I'd done that on the scout. And I. Know, I'll admit yeah.
1: That. Like if the front wheel washes on a shorter bike, I'm like right foot out, dab. Yeah. If the front wheel washes on longer bike. I'm like, oh, I reckon I can hold, hold, hold this. Hold it, hold it, hold, hold it. There we go. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> but you can try. Mm-hmm. and that's that's really fun to me so but, but um, so I've been kind of saying about how I like longer bikes I'm, I'm also taller than you that's mm-hmm. probably a big part of it Um, but so we were talking about at the start we were going to say we, we we were saying we were going to talk about if bikes have got too long yeah so I've also ridden bikes that I think are too long for me mm-hmm. so I rode Chris Porter's extra extra long Nikolai Geometron yeah And contrary to what you might think, I thought it cornered brilliantly. Yeah. So his bike has had really supple suspension fork with the wiper seals taken out. Mm -hmm. And instead, inner tube gaiters so that the Mm -hmm. fork was super supple, really progressive. Um, Lead weight on the front of the frame to give more weight on the front wheel and to make the suspension more active. Mm -hmm. Um, So less feedback was transmitted to the rider. Uh, but it was the XXL, which I think has a wheelbase of something like 1,400 mil.
0: Put that into context.
1: So a long, I I, I would say, so an extra uh, an extra large specialised enduro, which I think is a good yardstick, a good mm-hmm. benchmark, is 1,250 wheelbase. Okay. A long bike would be, like the Scott Ransom XL is long. That's mm-hmm. a long bike. That's just shy of 1,300. Okay. Uh, a pole machine is like thirteen hundred and twenty, and that's really long. That's as long as I would ever want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm riding the size large pole machine. Not an XL. Not an XL. Um, and the large is plenty long enough for me. And as I said, I put a shorter stem on it, so mm-hmm. that I had more range of mo- motion on it. Um, this is more like fourteen hundred, so right. it was massive, but it cornered really well, even on tight stuff, because you have so much grip, you have so much confidence in the front wheel. Mm-hmm. You, you just turn. And we were talking earlier about the van analogy mm-hmm. where you're, you're, your front wheels go around the corner but your back wheels cut inside the corner and hit a curb or whatever. Mm-hmm. And on a trail, that could be your rear wheel hits a tree stump mm-hmm. when your front wheel goes around yeah. the, the berm. Um, but with a mountain bike, you can always lift the front wheel. You can kind of preload and kind of hop the front wheel round, mm-hmm. Or you can skid the back wheel round. You can kind of cutty it around. You can make the rear wheel follow the front wheel, mm-hmm. even in a tight turn. Um, so cornering tight, I, I find is not as much of a problem as people think with a long, even with a really long bike, if which is got ridiculously long. Yeah, for sure. It takes a different technique. Yeah. Very much so. Um, however, the problem I found with that bike is that I couldn't lift it up. I couldn't get it up and over. Mm-hmm. It's the vertical maneuverability mm-hmm. that was lacking, not the side to side. So you come across a rock and you're like, oh God, I've got a manual. And you pull, and you pull, and you, you you don't actually move your weight back very far before your arms are at full extension because yeah. your arms are so far away from you, yeah. and your your bum is still like a foot in front of the rear axle. Yeah. And you're, uh, and you're trying to get. Also, it had lead on the front frame, which didn't help <laughs> with this. It yeah. didn't help with this um, particular situation. But but the up and down, forward to back maneuverability mm-hmm. was was lacking. So, and Chris runs his bike with a really slammed front end. Uh, Stem low, and his handlebars rolled forwards to help him get more traction on the front wheel. Yeah, because that's what he's all about is cornering speed. Yeah, he's he's mad into cornering speed, and he's really fast on corners. But I don't think he's that into manuals. (laughs) I don't think he's that into bunny hops. Yeah, but if you try and even I, I raise the bars up as high as they would go, and still Mm -hmm. really struggling to get to get the front wheel aloft and to like pump. And kind of hop over rocks and tree stumps so you can pump into the yeah. backside of them. That kind of fun stuff, yeah. it's pretty much impossible on that bike. And but I, I think even he Chris has gone to an XL now. Yeah, he's yeah. no longer on the double XL. But and that bike was probably fast down a hill. Yes. As long as you didn't want to pump up and over things. But well, you if you want to, to turn yeah. and, and go in a straight line, hmm. it's, it's brilliant. But it's it's I think what you find when you get to a too-long bike is not that it can't go around corners, yeah. although it takes a different technique, it's that you can't shift your weight fore and aft enough. enough to A, load the front in a flat corner, and B, get your weight off the back to mm-hmm. manual, to pump, and even just to ride on steep terrain. So if you have your a long stretched out, a long spread, as we're calling it, and a low front end, you feel like a passenger because mm-hmm. you feel like you're stretched over the front of the bike and you can't get your weight back mm-hmm. on a steep thing, and you can't lift the front wheel mm-hmm. very easily. So then you raise the front end. You maybe stiffen the fork and soften the shock so you can get your your weight back. But then you can't weight the front as well. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a balancing act between weighting the front and getting mm-hmm. your weight off the front, um, both in setup and technique. Uh, so I think that is where bikes have their limit. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the limiting factor. Mm-hmm. It's not them getting round corners. It's them... It's it's how you can move your weight fore mm-hmm. and aft, and that's the problem that I was finding with that bike. Yeah, it was just and even with a pole, which is thirteen twenty five or something wheelbase, it's a it's a fair bit shorter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're still struggling. Uh, you well, it still takes the correct setup and the correct technique to be able to get enough weight on the front or weight off the front mm-hmm. with with the bar height, the bar roll, the stem length, and the front to rear suspension balance. Um, so that becomes quite key, uh, and and it, this the setup becomes much more important with a long bike. Because with a shorter bike, you can just move move your arms yeah. slightly, and and you massively change the weight distribution yeah. of the bike. Whereas with a longer bike, you're a little bit more sort of part of the bike, mm-hmm. and so the setup needs to be right to have the right weight balance.
0: So, would you say then that this this difference in sizing between you know the ease at which you can move you around, move around versus the stability and the speed that you can therefore carry with the longer bike. This is why we have, you know, there probably are two almost distinct categories between trail bikes and enduro bikes. An enduro bike is built to go fast downhill. Yeah, yeah. and therefore, if say, so, you know, we both test bikes um, for magazine for, for MBUK and and for Bike Radar. You know, and if a bike is sort of categorised as an enduro bike, I think a legit complaint of one of those would be this bike is too short you know if it was a size large and it was a 460 mil reach I probably would say you know for this kind of bike and what this is designed to do I think it should be longer whereas if we had a trail bike and you could almost you know and if you were willing to define it as a trail bike I think that criticism becomes less has less weight behind it Because Mm,
1: because it's not designed to be it's not designed
0: to be flat. If you want to go flat out fast on a bike, and this is, you know, like an argument or something that came up a lot in Trailbike of the Year, for example, if you want to go really fast on a bike, get an Enduro bike. Get one sixty mil, one seventy mil, and get a bike that is built to go really fast. Mm. But if you want a trail bike, it's it's built for different things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So where do we think
0: geometry has gone too far? has it gone too far then? Are we? Are we gonna?
1: I think. I think when we're talking about geometry, we're, we're talking about the experience we have is of of is of the frame size we ride mm-hmm. and of the the type of rider we are, uh, and they're quite big factors. Like if we were short and riding size small bikes, we'd probably say, "Well, the back end is too long on mm. all of these bikes," <laughs> because I can't manual it very well, um, and and. Um, but you probably say, yeah, they're plenty long enough, mm. because if, as you go from a size small to an extra large, the 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 height of the rider that they're designed for, which is defined more than anything by the seat tube length, yeah. is probably changing by 20 percent. Mm-hmm. The wheelbase is probably changing by seven or eight mm-hmm. percent. So, so a bike that's that's too long or too short, it depends on. On, on how tall you are and it's not that, that issue of height of the rider is not settled by the frame size mm-hmm. because the frame size adds a few mil to the reach and keeps everything else the same Yeah, um, and it's not you know the, the, it's not proportionate mm-hmm. to the rider height so, so different height of riders will have a very different experience of the same model of bike mm-hmm. um, but you're running a large generally and yeah. I'm riding an XL generally mm-hmm. so I guess we have a different experience yeah um, but also, as we've discussed, like we have very different um ways of having fun on the bike. Yeah. We look for something different. I do a little bit of race. I mean, I know you're a big racer. Uh, uh, you're a big your race. deal in the world of uh, EWS yeah, qualifiers. You're a... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess yeah, we're looking for something slightly different. Mm-hmm. Like even when we're just having fun, mm-hmm. like our idea of having fun on the bike is different. Yeah. Um, so, we... it's a it's a. It's a broad question because it depends on so many factors, but I would say that when a bike is too long, it's it's because it makes it too it makes it harder to shift your weight fore and aft. Yeah, it's not so much that they become impossible to go around tight turns. Mm-hmm. It's that yeah they become a bit harder to go around tight turns maybe, but it's it's more that yeah your your weight distribution is more fixed.
0: Mm-hmm. Shall we? Um... Sort of put our stake in the ground and be like right it, you let, let's say you know if anyone wants, no let, let's we'll do we'll do the future in a minute, but let's say that we've got two of us here we with different heights and we ride slightly different we have slightly different desires from what how we like our bike to ride let's try and relate this to people who are listening okay I'm a six foot tall one eighty two centimeter trail rider okay mm. My ideal numbers. Right, let's do this, right? My ideal numbers, I want a four seventy mil reach, I want a sixty five point five degree head with a four thirty-five ish, four forty mil chain stays, and a reasonably low BB. And I think obviously there's loads of other factors, I think that would give a really fun, stable but still agile trail bike.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Trail bike. If I wanted an enduro bike, I'd want it longer and slacker. But if I was going to go and build a bike, that's roughly what I'd put. Yeah. What would you put as a Six three,
1: yeah, so 19, 190 centimeters tall, um, yeah, I'm more into the gnarly stuff, mm-hmm. I don't do a huge amount of racing, mm-hmm. but a little bit, and I'm more into going fast as possible on as technical terrain as possible, yeah, um, and I do like tight turns, yeah, um, I would say, yeah, like five ten to five twenty reach is ideal for me,
0: okay, um, so fifty no longer than what I want.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe with a 40 or a 35 stem, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I ride an 800 bar, mm-hmm. feel much more comfortable in 800. Um, and maybe like a 450, 455 back end. Uh-huh. I think 455 is getting to the point of being any longer, and it would be too hard to manual. Yeah, um, and then BB height, I think, is less critical with a longer bike mm-hmm. because you're you're less what wor- you're pitching front and rear uh, and diving under braking and things just is less of an issue Mm -hmm. so yeah bb height around anything between 340 and 350 Mm -hmm. i'd probably still go with the shorter crank arms 170s yeah just because you might more clearance is more um i don't think you lose power uh i don't think i do anyway yeah um
0: yeah, but sixty-five? I wouldn't
1: go super low. I wouldn't go 320 or whatever your stumpy is. Yeah, um, because clipping your pedals is terrifying. I yeah. hate it.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I, I I ride that stumpy in the high setting, yeah. even when I'm racing. Um, Have you been racing? Tom? Uh, yeah, I haven't mentioned it much, but I actually raced an enduro recently, oh, uh, cool. and I rode my stumpy in the high setting because yeah, it's it's still <laughs> it's too low. It's too low, but in the high setting, it's still really low yeah. and really slack. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. gives a... well,
1: What do you think is your ideal effective seat angle?
0: I think you're talking. I I like a, a steeper seat angle for sure. I
1: think most people do. Yeah, it's so I reckon sauce. 66, 67, 60, Seven,
0: 70,
1: 67, 70. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
0: 67. So I, I'm real oh, laid back. Actually. Yeah. Um, Beach cruiser. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Yeah. 77. Yeah. Seventy seven ish. I I'd, I'd love to ride that. Roll Madonna. Rob was saying the
1: same thing. He's got seventy seven. He's got a Nikolai. His personal bike is a Geometron. and he mm-hmm. has got and he's like he said, yeah, I don't want to ride anything slack. Enough. Yeah, yeah. That pole has got seventy nine, I think. And really, I'm. It's the first bike where I've not slammed the saddle all the way forward. Yeah, and I've got it right in the middle of the rails, and I think it feels mm-hmm. spot on for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's something we can agree on, is that...
0: Steep seat angles are generally Steep seat angles are just
1: better. For full sus. For full sus, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> um, agree on something. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so going back to your Stumpy Evo. Yeah. Um, one, I haven't ridden that bike because they don't do my my size, but... They are doing 650. Well, it's still got like 490 reach. Tiny. It's too small. <laughs> it's slack enough. Yeah. I don't, think okay. it's long, I don't think it's long enough in the reach for me. But the other thing about it is, it's got a really short stack height. Mm-hmm. And the seat tube, the head tube is really short. Yeah. And the stack height is quite low, which I find, I find when you have a longer bike, longer reach, you need longer stack, higher stack. Yeah. So that so that you're not feeling too stretched.
0: Yeah.
1: Over and and, and too low at the front.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you've gone up on bar height, haven't you? Or have you stuck with?
0: I haven't slapped I I usually like to ride my bars quite low. Yeah. Because I like to be able to maximize that front end traction. Yeah. Okay. By getting my weight further forward, and I, I often find that so one of the bikes that we thought could do real well in Trail Bike of the Year, but didn't get in the absolute top ranks, was that Canyon Spectral. Hmm. And the reason why that didn't do super, it's got great rear suspension. It's got a great kit on the bike. Amazing um, value great value the frame is beautifully made it's got a really long seat tube so as a, a six foot if i wanted more than the 460 mm reach on offer i couldn't ride an extra large because the seat tube yeah. is so high that i would have to drop this the drop yeah. post too low you can't size up i can't size up. the other issue we had with it was that on flatter tracks and this is something i not really touched upon is is the bar height element of things on flatter tracks the bar was so high that my weight was kind of pushed further back and I found it really difficult mm-hmm. to weight the front end because the bar's too high. Yeah. On steeper terrain, that's where the Spectral started to work. It got better and better the, the steeper the tracks got because that front end height meant that you were propped up enough you could still weight the bars without feeling like you're going over the front.
1: Yeah, so, so bar height is is something you can adjust to mm-hmm. some extent to unless, which, Yeah. unless you can't get it low enough because yeah. the stack is so high. But it's it's probably one of the most important numbers. Yeah. And, and people don't really talk about it. But so if you have your bar height too high, mm-hmm. I find it makes me feel kind of disconnected from the front wheel. Yeah. Like I can't get my weight over it. And, you don't and trust ride, it in the front and ride corner. Ride aggressively in a in a flat turn. Yeah. I was I was riding the Spectral in XL mm-hmm. the other day, and I was finding exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I had to slam the stem to get a decent feeling in. I've never in seen flat you drop a stem. Yeah, because I'm quite tall. Mm-hmm. I'm usually running them at the max. I'd say 90 percent of the bikes I ride, I put the stem to the max height, yeah. and usually it's and sometimes it's not high enough. Um, so I have like a forty mil bar that I put on b- test bikes that mm-hmm. I can't get high enough. Um, but if so, so, so if the bar is too high, you're you're not aggressive. You're not over the front. You can't weight it nicely mm-hmm. in tight turns. But if if it's too low, I find you can't get your weight back in mm-hmm. steep terrain and you can't, more specifically you can't push the front wheel into a hole yep. or down a chute. You can't, um,
0: you can't run it aggressively, right? Uh,
1: yeah, on on steeper terrain, on steeper terrain, sp- terrain yeah. sp- and more technical terrain, y- Yeah, you c- you can't push that front wheel into, into terrain. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like having suspension with not enough sag. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it can't push down into the holes. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, hi- a higher bar, you have more range of movement to push the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's why bar height is super important. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got like stem length, you can adjust the stem length or the or the bar roll. Mm-hmm. So if you roll your bars forward, you'll be more of the front, roll them back, you'll be more of the back and easier to manual and things. Mm-hmm. So so these kind of setup things make a massive difference to, to how the bike rides. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we're talking about seat angle. You can make probably a degree or two difference to your seat angle just by
0: Slamming the saddle further forwards.
1: Yeah, saddle further forwards and back, and almost any bike, I would slam the saddle all the way forwards mm-hmm. personally to make it steeper. Mm-hmm. Um, any full suspension bike, anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, so those, I guess, are the three. You know, if you have got um, a bike, you know, at the moment, and and you you want to play around with geometry without going and buying a new bike or sticking along a fork. You know, the, the the three things you can do, you can move the saddle forwards and backwards to steepen and slacken the seat angle. Yeah. We would suggest going forwards to, to steepen it. You can roll the bars further forwards and further back to give you that extra bit of sort of reach and, and help you weight the front wheel a little bit or less. Yeah. The other thing that I tend to do is run bar my brake levers a little bit flatter, which I find drops my, the sort of heel of my hand behind the bars to yeah. help push the bike forwards through technical trainers as opposed to them sitting on top where you, you sort of feel your, your body's rolling further forwards over the front. So if you hit like, yeah. a, a real stopper sort of thing on, on a steep thing, you're less prone to feeling like you're being pushed forwards.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's something that works better with a longer bike as well. Yeah. So if you have more reach, um, uh, when you rotate your brake levers up, your hands effectively sit further back.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so it, it's, it's almost like shortening the stem because your hands sit further back relative to the grips mm-hmm. because they're more horizontal. Mm. So that you can only really do that with a longer bike. And back in the day when I was riding bikes that were, I think we'd all agree, too, too, sure. s- too small for me, like, uh, like a size large specialized enduro I used to ride. And it was way too small for me. And I put the brake levers almost vertical and I guess it was to make it feel more roomy, because if I put them more upright
0: mm-hmm. you you made it feel even, even more cramped. further back right yeah yeah,
1: exactly exactly, so yeah there there are a lot of adjustable aspects that relate to geometry, mm-hmm. and it, it's all interrelated, mm-hmm. like there's nothing kind of. Exists in isolation because you have longer reach. You might want a short stem, you might want to roll your back bars back, you might want your levers higher, you might
0: want to raise your stem, drop yeah,
1: you might want your seat angle steeper so that you can take advantage of that extra room that's been created. Mm. Like it it all interrelates, and of course, the stack might be higher if you have a longer reach as well.
0: So, I guess what I was saying is, you know, do go and play around with your bike setup. And you know he, he yeah, might, it's always can... worth
1: it, especially with bar height, it can make a massive difference. Mm. I've seen it with some of the friends I ride with, like uh, he was a friend of mine, Dominic, he had his bars as high as they go, mm. and he was saying that he wasn't feeling confident on steep terrain, and he preferred his twenty nineer hardtail. Mm. And I thought the twenty nineer probably has a higher bar height. Mm. So I got him a thirty five mil rise bar, mm. put the front end up. And he is transformed how he writes, yeah. I think. So,
0: consequently, though, if, if you're struggling on flatter corners, struggling for confidence in, you know, keeping front end traction, maybe drop your bars a little bit.
1: Totally. Yeah, yeah. Play about with the extremes. Makes cool. Sense.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's we, we've rattled <laughs> on quite a long time now about <laughs> yeah. geometry, and we haven't come to a conclusion as to who's right or wrong. But I'm obviously right, and um, I think that probably
1: sums it all up um yeah it up apart from the you being right bit which which i obviously am
0: so that was a (laughs) another bike radar tech talk podcast episode um we're making a number of these so do listen back we're going to talk more about geometry suspension damping all sorts of stuff so yeah
1: we had one about set, which might be interesting if you have made it this far with this podcast you might want to listen to that one as well if you're if you're a nerd like us um so yeah and, yeah, we'll see you next time. Well, you, we we'll, won't actually we'll see listen you. to you next time. Uh, you won't see us, Yeah, you? you'll listen to us. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear us next time. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com.